What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. back ladies and gentlemen to a special edition of the ringer dish it's your pop culture history lesson i'm big waz aka wazney lambray and i'm joined by my esteemed colleague and friend mr van lathan what's going on man what up waz what's going <laughs> on these people man. don't know our relationship they don't know how far back we go they don't know how we drank crown and called the nba finals together they don't know waz they they don't know about that, man. They don't know when we was in, you know, we was in them uh, uninterrupted studios in Hollywood and Eric Bledsoe and Rudy Gay had the whole staff in a tizzy. I'd never <laughs> seen anything like it. You would have thought we was with the Beatles, boy. Yep. The way that staff was in there. But no, shouts to all of my friends over there uninterrupted. Um, I was also in awe of, of <laughs> Eric Bledsoe and Fruity Kid. Great guy. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm happy we finally get to do this. Um, obviously, we've done a couple of rewatchables, did Bill's Pod together. Uh, but I'm really excited to do this history lesson today because we're talking about Kanye West on NBC's Hurricane Katrina Telethon in 2005. He gets up there. Uh, he's next to Mike Myers. It's like a whole benefit concert. It's a whole thing that they're doing for Katrina. The Red and Cross. Yeah. The Red Cross, exactly. And Kanye gets up there and he says, quote, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mike Myers, he's got this look on his face as if uh <laughs> as if he's in a hostage video. <laughs> Matt Lauer has to clean it up afterwards. It just, like, quickly ends the segment. Yeah. Really professional on Matt, Matt Lauer's part. They end up cutting Kanye's uh, little mini rant from the West Coast airing. Didn't see it on the West Coast, the, yeah. 
Didn't see it on the West Coast. NBC releases a statement where they disavow everything Kanye West said. They said he departed from the script. Right. Um, no shit. And it just caused like a cultural shitstorm, like Saturday Night Live spoofs. Um, people talked about it in the news for days. I know, like it was a thing. Um, but I want to I want to ask you about 2005, where you were in your life, sort of, and like what the event of Hurricane Katrina was like for you as a fucking Baton Rouge native, bro. Yeah. Well, I was there, so mm. um, in 2005. I'll tell you what happened. So let me set the scene for you guys. And some of my Louisianians might have a different per perception of this, but let me set the scene. Okay, so in Louisiana, we get hurricanes pretty often. It's a part of, part of life there. Uh, the areas around the coast, which are uh, more southern than Baton Rouge, it's something that they always have to be ready for in terms of you know messing up the local economies and uh, driving people more towards the center of the state. So... Once every two years, we get told that there's going to be a big hurricane. It's going to be mm -hmm. a big one, right? And what normally happens is it blows past. You get some wind, you get some rain, enough to maybe knock out school for a little while, enough to invoke you getting together with everybody that you love and eating little Debbie cakes for a couple of days. But it doesn't happen the way it happens. The Armageddon storm doesn't take mm -hmm. place. It's always like, oh, man, you know, it's just a weird time. It's a time where you realize how alive you are when there's a storm blowing through because there's this weird silence because nobody's on the street. It's very close to what it was during the pandemic. We, like, go through that every now and again when, you know, hurricane People came board through. up their windows, Whole nine. all kinds of stuff. Board them up. You got to tape the windows, the entire thing. Remember, I'd already been through Hurricane Andrew, which was a legit hurricane that came through. And really, re what year was that? That's uh, like ninety two, maybe mm. maybe ninety one wow. or something like years. that, like or like um, early nineties. So, in this particular case, this is the same thing. This hurricane is going to come. I remember Ray Nagin said everybody needs to get out. Everybody get out of New Orleans. Like leave if you can. It's a tall tale for people who don't have very much economic stability to yeah. just get up and leave. Um, what people don't understand is the hurricane missed us. It did not make direct landfall uh, with the eye of the storm as severe as it could have been. It veered off a little bit, but we lost the levees. And losing the levees ended up reminding us that the worst case scenario wasn't that some storm was going to hover over South Louisiana for a day and a half and just obliterate it. The worst case scenario was that the infrastructure that we had built to keep us safe from the storm was going to fail us. And it didn't take a gigantic storm for that to happen. Right away, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Right away, life was reduced to pieces. Everything went crazy. The levees breached. New Orleans was a war zone. You're worried about your family down there. And then, not to mention, in Baton Rouge, because of what's going on, we were severely damaged as well. My father lost the house. There was a curfew enacted. It was like, yo, bring your gun with you when you go out because somebody might rob you for your gas. You know, think about mm. having, being, having to be back in the house at 5 o'clock, and then you're trying to get down to the city to get people out. 
and the horror stories yeah. that coming out of there, and you don't feel like you have any support from anywhere outside of South Louisiana. No one understands what is going on from you. The, mm. the, the headline in either the Advocate or the Times-Picayune was Hurricane Katrina, the storm we all feared. Because this was the this is what we thought it was going to be like when that big storm finally hit New Orleans, which of course we know is below sea level. Um, and we talk about all of the damage that happened. We talk about the putrid situation at the at the Superdome. We talk about you know basically martial law, but we don't talk about other things. And I haven't been able to really articulate this as much as I'd like uh, in the time that I've had the microphone, but. We don't talk about like just the the people we lost in weird ways. Like older people in my family, older people in my friends' families that were thriving, were doing just fine, would go mall walking and stuff like that. They just started dying off because the stress of mm-hmm. everything around people, of having people in your house you ain't seen for a long time, of putting people back together. There were there were people that I know that had to huddle up in the same places that had a history of domestic abuse together, but they had nowhere else to go. It was just a complete decimation of the civilization that you were used to in South Louisiana. And it's very difficult to explain how hard of a time it was for people. So during this moment, there was a weird sense of oneness between even the from where I was, the because um, at this point, I'm shooting a movie. I'm like, this was one of my first jobs. I'm making a movie called The Reaping. And our entire crew is from New Orleans. Our entire, our whole crew came up from New Orleans. Damn. So I'm going back and forth to the Walmart on Perkins Road in Baton Rouge that had been abandoned that we were using as our soundstage, checking on things, opening it up because I was a stage manager. There's this movie. This movie starred... Uh, um, Hillary Swank and Idris Elba. So I'm going back and forth there to just make sure everything's okay. I get there one time and the army is taking over the place and they're all in the, it's just weird. And when that happened, when he said that, there were people that, that even white people who felt like, well, he's right. Because just mm-hmm. to be honest with you, everybody felt like a nigga. Everyone did. Mm-hmm. It felt like people didn't understand how dire the situation was. People didn't understand that, like, after the storm, after the flooding happens, it's August in Louisiana. Was it's ninety-five yeah. degrees with humidity. It's snakes. It's pernicious wildlife. People are drowning. Insects, it's, 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 it's 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 a it's a goddamn it's war zone. And and nationally. That that Red Cross telethon was a good example of how people were looking at it, right? It was a good example of how people were acting about it. Everybody was coming together, putting on their best faces, their most solemn faces, and going, please, please help these people. And it, not that that wasn't appreciated, but Ye went up there and said, yo, how people felt. Yeah. yeah, like George Bush doesn't care about black people. Like the fucking, like, like, why is it, why are we having to yank y'all to come down there and do something? And he actually, to be honest with you, it was, it was pretty poignant the way he put it, if I'm being honest. He, there was, you know, obviously people, are, there, there was looting that went on. There's going to be looting. 
And there were examples. I mean, it's it's fucking desperation yeah, here. Yeah. Like all of these societal rules that we got in place and, and these niceties, that shit goes out the window, fam. When people need literally every single bare necessity you can think of is reduced. Let me give you an example of that. Um, and I'll come back to my point about Kanye. Let me give you an example of that. So we're going to, uh, I think, a win Dixie. And this was like the scariest thing for me. Like, what do you do if you go to Winn-Dixie and there's no food at the Winn-Dixie and there's just no food there? How do you get food? Like, so everything, I mean, obviously now with the pandemic, people understand this a little bit, right? Going some places and the places not having shit, right? But I had never been through that in my life, you know? We might not have the money to get the shit, but it was there if you wanted to buy it, right? So you go there and there's nothing there and people were piling things up in their shopping carts. Fights were breaking out because if because if you turned to get something else and it was something in your shopping cart that somebody else needed, they would grab it out of there. And I actually witnessed two women pulling hair because one woman had grabbed a, a, a like a um like a it was a canister of biscuits, I think. Out of her, out of her, 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 her shopping cart. These women are going back and forth, and while they're into it, other people started grabbing stuff out of their shopping carts. So Jesus. every inch of civility of civilization that you had was gone. And to bring it back to Yay, there was an article in the USA Today or two pictures in USA Today that showed a black couple, and it said like these people are looting. And then there was a couple pages later, there was a white couple that's like, these people are in New Orleans searching for food. So when he was out there saying that, <laughs> he had a point to get across. And even though we went on to be like, we went on to be intimately acquainted with how Ye is when he goes off the cuff. And we're going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> we felt him. We're we gonna... saw him. That, that made him yeah. my hero, which he was. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Like I, I, I should just briefly speak to, for, uh, to my perspective. In 05, you know, I, I, of course, I'm watching the news of Hurricane Katrina like everybody else. And, you know, there's just this feeling like that what you're watching is just like unbelievable and fucked up. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. And then, you know, Kanye says what he says, and he just really just, like, it, it's like he really just hit me right in the chest with what I was feeling. Just watching, like, people stranded on the roofs of their cribs and, like, people swimming through their freaking towns and just how just isolated those folks may have felt, had to feel in those circumstances. I was like, damn, like, Kanye's right. And another part of it, Van, that people need to understand, too, is that the disaster that we had before that was 9-11, which is not a natural disaster, but I lived in New York at the time. Yeah. 3,000 people died, fucking rubble all over the street. Like, this shit turned into an all-hands-on-deck fucking thing. Of course, the national government, the federal government is involved. It's like, they can't do this shit to New York. Yeah. And everybody fucking put their... Their, uh, their working boots on and got to work of making sure New York was made whole. I saw it. I felt it. Like, I, like it, it was visceral. Like, the difference in, in what happened. And, of course, like, one's a terrorist attack and one's a hurricane. But, like, you could see that, like, 
the importance that was placed on handling 9-11 a certain way. And then when Katrina comes around, and you know, like it's hard not to feel this way when you're black, when it's like, well, what's the difference between New Orleans and New York? Everybody knows New Orleans is considered to be our black American city. Yeah. Like a, a lot of people can't appreciate this. Like when you go to major cities in America, if you go to their like downtown, like outside of like LA, um, New York, basically like when, or Atlanta, when you go to American cities downtown, like their most busy areas, you're going to a heavily white populated area. Sure. Pick the fucking city. No matter where you go, you're going to be seeing a lot of white people. I'll never forget my first time ever going to New Orleans. And this is after the storm, too. And I, I'll never forget the feeling of being like, yo, being on Bourbon Street, being in the French Quarter. I was like, yo, there's a lot of niggas out here. Yeah. <laughs> you Everywhere. Know? Like, I had never been to a major city that was so black. Yeah. And so... You know, when you watch what's going on, it's hard not to feel like that's why the response didn't seem as immediate and as dire. You know what I mean? Right. And I think there's something else. So it was very well said. So I think there's something else. So there was a clear enemy in 9-11, right? We knew that somebody. The enemy in mm -hmm. uh, the Hurricane Katrina situation was us. It was America. Institutional rot. Right. The, the, <laughs> the, the enemy was us. The enemy was the fact that you know, there were areas of New Orleans and parts of the country that people turned their back on. And by mm -hmm. the way, we're talking about a black city right now, but this is a poor thing. Yeah. When <laughs> when you look at floods in the Midwest. Oh, or, man. Or, I'm so happy you said that. Like, like, when you look at floods in the Midwest or how things happen in the Appalachians. We don't care about disaster, poor white people either. Like, yo, we don't. Like, like <laughs> when, 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 when it happens in, in like, people... Uh, the same shit happens every couple of years with, with all this stuff because there's no change in the infrastructure there because you don't really care what happens to those people. You don't. It just they, they, they can't matter, right? They can't matter in the system we have. And I don't want to get too deep off into that, but what I want, what, what I do want to say is having the blackface, it just makes it worse because, like, it, it, you're. I was looking at a bunch of people that were telling me, because I came out here, I came out here after the hurricane. That February was the 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 month that I moved to LA. So the hurricane comes August 2005. Wow. My life changed because I go you can you can lose it all tomorrow. Mm. So I was 25 at the time and I said, "Yo, stop waiting. Get out to LA and whatever happens is going to happen." But that moment, wow. Remember, at that time late registration is coming out. Right, late registration. Yeah, yeah, because I, I wanted to. I wanted to transition to the Kanye part of this and his role in our lives in the culture. Um, late registration for my money, and we. I know we don't do the Kanye album debate anymore. Is Kanye's best work, in my opinion. It's about twenty four songs on that thing, and they're all. Incredible. Like, I love, I, I hear the dark twisted fantasy arguments. I hear the weird old hipsters who want to go Yeezus. I hear all of it. I, I know there's the graduation contingent. I get it. Late Reg to me is Kanye's best work. And this came out, uh, August, no, it came out September uh, of that year. 
Um, came out September 5th, I believe. And so Kanye's album was just coming out. <laughs> yeah. He just put out late registration when he goes on this thing. And then, you know, there's a song, and it's, the crazy shit is there's a song on late registration called Crack Music. Yeah. Where Kanye's getting into his little political conspiracy bag, how we stopped the Black Panthers, Ronald Reagan cooked up an answer. Like, he was getting into all of that on Late Reg, and Kanye kind of had a, a reputation for being basically a conscious rapper. No, he was. You know? He certainly was. Uh, an issue. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he courted that image for sure. Right. An issues-based rapper, mm -hmm. if you will. But yes, please continue, Van, about the late registration, Kanye in album mode of it all. So we listened to late registration as the hurricane was, like, ravaging. Like, we had... So the, it had dropped. Man. So it had dropped, and it was the soundtrack to the hurricane for us, for my crew. Like, because we were all in the same place, right? You know, we're all together, and we had went and got batteries. And so we had batteries. Obviously, we had put late registration. Sorry, late registration was released August 30th right. of, the, of, of this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we had put batteries in the joint. And we're listening to late registration. We're listening to it, listening to it. College dropout had affected us so much that we didn't, we were like, there's no way he can do it again. And not only did he do it again, he did it again, he did it better. And we're like, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's a genius. This guy's our guy. So, yeah. Oh, and everybody, every, I shouldn't say everybody, people who know me and know the moment that I had with Kanye in 2018. After that happened, my mother called me. My mother was like, she was like, you know what my mom is. My mom goes, well, son, that was ordained to happen for you. That that had to happen. He's like, why? She's like, you've been pumping up that man literally to me <laughs> for like the last 20 years. She's like, you've been pumping that man up. You love that man. I loved Kanye for the messages on College Dropout. I loved Kanye for the music. I loved Kanye for his, his irreverence, his, his self-importance. I loved him for his self-importance because black men don't get to be self-important. Every time there's a self-important black man, black man that backs it up, we praise him because America tells us we can't be self-important. Muhammad Ali said, I'm the prettiest. I'm the greatest. And he backed it up. We loved him for it. So I loved Kanye because of his self-importance, because I felt like it was a weapon for me. It made me feel self-important. You know what I mean? And so when he got there and he was he was on the telethon and he didn't say what he was supposed to say. He, he felt like he said what he needed to say. You know what I mean? He said what he needed mm -hmm. to say. It was what we needed to hear. I'm like, this man is, the, this guy's the guy forever. Even though he was, it was the same way. He was all emotional. He was off script. He was out of pocket, but we felt him. I can't even express to you how much we felt him, man. Yeah, and and you know, I I feel exactly the same way you do. Uh late registration, excuse me, uh college dropout. So crazy cuz I remember when the bootleg came out. You know, uh the shit that had the good, the bad, the ugly yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. all these other joints that didn't end up making the official version that had the first version of the workout plan, had all of that. Me and my homies in high school, we were 
we were burning that tape to the ground. Like we, like, we literally would not stop playing that. Right. Then, of course, College Dropout comes out. He becomes a rap star. And then there's this buildup to Late Reg where it's like, yo, he's got to, he's working on it with John Bryan. John Bryan. And he's, he's stepping up the production. And, he's take, and there was just so much hype around this project. Then it comes out and it just delivers in every way imaginable. Yeah. Like... Drive slow. All, all of it was just Perfect. incredible to me. Mm -hmm. uh, just a classic, yeah. Just a masterpiece work, in my opinion. And so, yeah, like Kanye was basically cementing himself as, and we use this shit, we use this term all the time, and it annoys me. Like, I'll be on Twitter, and people will say, like, uh, Playboy Cardi is the voice of a generation. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, like, Kanye actually was the voice of a generation. Like, right. 100% and this mantle of like artists who will speak on things that affect the community like that was a big deal to people because it especially commercial artists this is not shit that Jay-Z was tackling right you know um, this is not shit Jay-Z always sprinkled it in there but he was never sprinkled as aggressive it in. as Ye was no yeah absolutely not right. he would Jay would talk about the circumstances of our community. Of course, he would talk about it in songs, but he never wanted that to be the the sort of elevator pitch of his music ever, 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 ever. That right. was always just some little ancillary part of what he was offering, and Kanye embodied that right, and and he basically continued to embody that space. Um, and we're going to get to you guys' altercation, but I want to go to up and down the timeline. Of course, five years later, George Bush goes on a book tour. Van, I don't know if you remember this, but he's um, he's selling his book, Decision Points. He talks to Matt Lauer for the book, um, and George Bush says... Uh, this was the lowest moment of his presidency. Yeah. Not how he handled Katrina, not WMDs in Iraq, right. not letting 9-11 happen to our poor country. Um, it was Kanye saying or implying that he didn't like Negroes, man. So I thought about that, <laughs> by the way. Some people are going to get at you about the letting 9-11 happen to the country. Well, that you hey, just put we got to be honest. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite parts about the Donald Trump um, presidential run in 2016. He's up there with Jeb Bush, and Jeb Bush is like, my brother Cape is safe after 9-11. Donald Trump was like, but what about before? Your yeah. brother let 9-11 happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, literally nobody has ever said that before in the public sphere before Donald Trump. He's like, yeah, but your brother let it happen. Some, happened on his watch. Some negligence, That's what he said. but... 9-11 happened on his watch. I want to litigate this, but okay, okay. So look, um, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And it I thought it was interesting even then. Um, because it was honest. It was honest. <laughs> it, 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 it was honest. All of the other stuff, it's honest and it kind of shows you how debilitating ignorance and privilege can be. Yeah. I'll tell you what the thing is. Like, That's so beautifully said. And 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 because I we haven't touched on the George Bush part of all of this. Because it can feel like a million years ago when everybody, we all understood that George Bush was one of the worst presidents in the history of this country. Um, and everybody understood it and knew it to the point where 
the fucking United States of America happily elected a black dude directly <laughs> afterwards. Like, the financial crash, fucking Katrina, uh, WMDs in Iraq. The, the First of all, both of those wars w- were going disastrously by the time he left. Right. Like, it was all just horrible. And George Bush had this... Reputation, he was a good old boy, Van. Mm-hmm. Owned a baseball team. He was buddy-buddy with the oil barons in Texas. He just seemed like the most country club, white, privileged, uh, 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 aristocracy, elite yeah, well, his, motherfucker his that there was. His ancestors were on the Mayflower. So, you know, you know what I mean? So, it's, <laughs> you know, Prescott Bush, and the, he comes from a, a very just prominent family. Just a waspy family. prick. Right, but, but, but I guess my point, is that everything else that we're talking about with George Bush, besides the financial crisis, which um, there were a lot of different circumstances that ended up to that happening. But but you know, uh, once you're president, you take the blame. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the thing is, is all that other stuff was stuff that he meant to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for him, he'll he'll like he'll take Iraq on the chin, but that's what they wanted to do. They wanted mm. to invade Iraq. There was a plot to kill George Bush from Saddam Hussein. He never liked Saddam Hussein. Uh, a, a stiff fart and George Bush, George W. Bush was going into Iraq to get rid of Saddam Hussein. That's what they wanted to do. Especially post 9-11, they wanted to 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 drum up whatever they could in the Middle East to get it popping. That's what they wanted to do. So you, you take that on the chain, it goes it goes bad, it goes bad. Presidents have wars that go bad. The the Vietnam went bad for LBJ and the, the like presidents have wars that go bad. They have wars that go bad, right? So it it, it happens. Uh he never thought that he would be in a position like he was at Katrina to where his care and concern for a group of Americans will be called into question. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that Republicans aren't used to being called racist. Of course they are, right? But I think that he never thought that there would be a flashpoint issue where who he is as a person, meaning the, the, lack, of, uh, the lack of proximity to blackness would actually be a thing to where the fact that he flew over, because even LBJ, when there was a national disaster, he's got his bullhorn, this is your president, walking through the water, right? To where he flew over to where everything that he would do would be wrong, and he wouldn't even know that it would be wrong. Because he never thought, what happens to a lot of people, and it happens to men too when we get called on misogyny, is you never thought you were the guy that you are you think you're fine. <laughs> and, that, and that's the conversation that America needs to litigate more than anything. It's not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're fucked up, but I'm saying you're fucked up. I'm not saying you're fucked up. And men have to go to Susan, like she's looking at you. I'm, I'm not saying that you're fucked up, but I'm saying you're fucked up. Yeah. You're not trying to be. But you have to. You got something fucked up about you. Yeah, but you're not trying to be. But you have to listen to me about why you are. And so when he said that that was the most debilitating moment of his presidency or the lowest moment of his presidency, I believed him and I knew that it was true because he was probably sitting back going, "Wait, do I not care about black people?" But what about Condoleezza and what and, about Clarence Thomas? About, That's my about, boy. What, do, do I? Do I not Cole care about Powell, black people? I put that motherfucker head of the Joint Chiefs. I don't think that I don't care about black people. <laughs> I might have said the N word a couple of times, but it was just for gags. You know what I mean? Do I not care fun. about black people? So, um, whenever you have that moment to yourself, which I think George Bush actually did, uh, it probably was, and to have that perception of him, um. 
it, it probably didn't feel too great. So and then there's there's the celebrity factor where like I'm a celebrity, Kanye's a celebrity, like it always stings when a celebrity, you know, one of your peers in the fame world is like dogging you. Like, I think that's part of it too. Of course. It it's matter like if prominent people. <laughs> exactly. It's like prominent people hate it even more when other prominent people uh talk down on them. So I think that was a factor as well. And, you know, look, we talk about Kanye and how he earned this reputation for being somebody that would speak up on behalf of the community. And I know for me, like, I would, I always enjoyed, like, of course I love the music, right? Um, not an 808s guy, but whatever, we're not going to do that today. Um, of course I enjoyed the music. My fr a friend of mine the other day was saying like, yeah, Jay-Z's my favorite rapper of all time, but my favorite artist is Kanye. And I was like, shit, like, that's real. Like, that's kind of how I feel as well. And I've kept feeling this way. And one of my favorite things about Kanye was his way of doing celebrity. His way of handling his public front-facing persona was just different from everybody else. His interviews was different. The things he was willing to talk about was different. The way he would talk about things was different. He just felt more candid, more honest about his fame and his own relation to it. Like, he wasn't afraid to talk about He's his own vanity. He's the realest rapper ever. His own vanity, yeah. his own frailties, yeah. his own insecurity. Like, he would talk about it. Like, his own egomaniacal nature. Like, he would put all of this shit out there. And I always enjoyed Kanye. You know, there was the Sway shit where Kanye was in crisis because he wasn't being accepted by the high fashion people. And this seemed to be the greatest injustice of his life and all of this. And he went, he went through all of these errors in the public that... And then again... All while, Van, his music was no longer being number one. Not that he wasn't dropping hits, Billboard Top 10s, whatever, big songs that would resonate within the culture. He was no longer dropping number one with a bullet type of stuff. So I think Oh, that was over with Gold Digger. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's all of these things happening. The fashion stuff, the outbursts in public, and then of course, and then another thing that I want people to understand, and I talked about this before up here, was Kanye still, to this day, he has the same album rollout plan. Uh-huh. Do or say something controversial, drop an album. Right. Make something controversial happen, blah, 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 drop the album. Yeah. Get people talking, uh, drop the album. He's been doing this exact same plan, which I think also, and we could get into this, speak to, I think, a part about Kanye that a lot of his fans, I think, were slow to realize is how cynical the guy is and how a lot of this shit that we thought was candid was actually super contrived. And so, whatever. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. 
Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. We get to the moment where he visits you guys mm-hmm. at TMZ, Zan. I'm Zan, Van. Yeah. And he gets up there, he's talking to Harvey, and he says, basically, slavery was a choice. Yeah. You don't got to be a slave if you don't want to. I'm a free black man. All this dumb shit this nigga was saying. Yeah. And you stepped up and go mega viral in a way. And Van, man, like, I got to say, Watching that clip, I'd never watched the TMZ show. I didn't know, I really didn't know anything about the TMZ show before that clip. Nah, you watched it. Maybe I seen clips. Nah, you, you, I, I, maybe I seen watched, clips. You, you watched TMZ. You wanted to see, you acting like one of those guys that comes up me, to me at the gym and goes, Oh, dude, are you from TMZ? My girlfriend loves that show. Y'all I, watched it. Watched I it. promise you, I Bullshit. promise you, I yeah. might have saw some clips on World Star. So that, you never like, so you never saw the you never saw the Solange Jay-Z video. You never saw that. I wasn't watching TMZ's you, wait, Fox wait, okay. show. So you never, you never saw. When I watched you, it, you, you never saw. No, I'm saying, but you. I seen, saw the watermark. You seen TMZ? You knew yes, TMZ? Yes, but I didn't know TMZ I, I had a TV show. You bull! You're full of shit. I swear to <laughs> I God, I don't believe you. I thought, yo, for one fucking man, man, I thought you're TMZ was a website. You're that was wasp. basically. Listen, listen to me, Van. I thought TMZ was a website that was basically a wider, richer. Media takeout. I swear to God, this is not cap. I'm not like it's a, absolutely a cap. It's absolutely. You it's don't not. have to be a gossip monger to have known the show. It was on six times a day every my brother. Day. I promise you, I wasn't watching well, this okay. shit. Like if I'm it's on during the day, it. I'm saying you knew that there was a TV show. I did. I did not, right. son. If it like if it's on during the day. <laughs> I'm watching Sports Center. I'm doing all this dumb shit on the internet. Right. I'm really not. I, I promise you, I'm not trying to hate on y'all show. I don't. I know y'all, motherfucker. I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> like, the show no, that the the, the, the right. entity that you were a part of, right. man. 
in my mind, I thought TMZ was a was a media entity that produced celebrity gossip. That's Again, what it was, no what it different. Was. Yeah, sure. Than media takeout. Right. That's what the like. It was in that vein. Of course, we know media takeout probably got the blueprint from TMZ. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I see this clip and I'm watching Van, like it, it's crazy. All the things you said about Kanye being your favorite artist, you looked at him as somewhat of a hero in our culture. Mm-hmm. All it. it Exactly, I felt exactly the same way. And watching you talk to him in real time, like I couldn't believe I was watching somebody actually speak for me Mm. as a Kanye fan, Mm. as a Kanye consumer, somebody who's personally invested in Kanye. Watching somebody say what you said, I was like, man, this is fucking powerful, bro. Mm. (laughs) Like straight up and down, bro. Like. No cap, like, because it was so honest, so real, and I could tell it was coming from a place of, like, yo, Kanye, like, do you understand what you mean to me and these people, bro? Yeah. Like, for you to set up here and say this, and it's not true! Yeah. <laughs> like, damn! Yeah. Like, it, it it was like, I've said this before, but it, it was almost like the, uh, like, we gave Kanye this big cultural weapon, right? He became this, he, actually, he became the cultural weapon. And anything that, um, Anything that was against us, he would use his big cultural weapon to take it down. Boom, right? Mm-hmm. Award shows don't represent black people. Boom, I'm the weapon. <laughs> he was like a cultural hitman that would go out there like George Bush care about black people. Boom, whatever it is. Kanye West was one of the first rappers I ever actually heard stand up against homophobia. Mm-hmm. He was, I remember he that. He was sitting down um, talking to Sway. And doing an interview. I think it was for late registration coming out, or maybe it might have been before. Kanye West goes. Um, you know, we talk about everybody that hates on hip hop, but he goes, you know, hip hop really hates on gay people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, actually, he's like, he says, I never forget this. He said, it's, it's like gay is the opposite of hip hop. He's like, like mm. we, we in the studio, you hear something, they go, oh man, that's hip hop. Then you play something else and you don't like it. I mean, oh man, that's gay. It's like we have yep. to stop hating on people and our gay people. I remember the hip hop community didn't enjoy that. No, it was no, ma- no, it was no, mad no. people. There was a, a hottest MCs thing that happened not too uh, not too long after that. I'm not gonna name the rapper because he's a homie, but he, you know it's like I don't want to hear that. Like it's people out here struggling. I don't want to hear nobody say nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of these guys, uh, most of these guys right now have evolved now, but they weren't trying to evolve then where they were still in their 20s and still. You know. Yeah, I remember people on my block being like, tell that gay-ass nigga Kanye shut the fuck up. You don't know yeah. what the fuck he talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what happened with him is he started picking different targets. And it kind of started with the Taylor Swift thing. Because it, oh, my God. And so so it, it, it started with the Taylor Swift thing. And I think it's not that we didn't like Beyonce, right? We loved Beyonce. And it's not that we didn't think that Beyonce should have won Video of the Year. But that was the first time that some people were like, ah, maybe not like that, dog. You know what I mean? Maybe we talk, <laughs> like, you, you, you know what I mean? It's not, nah, I wasn't one of the people. There's that, a limit, there's a limit he, to it. Yeah, I was, I was one of the people that was like, let's not go too far. Like, nobody died. And so he, he, he started getting a little willy-nilly on how he's picking his targets. And remember, what we have to realize is what we still realize now is that Kanye West never picked his targets for us. He picked his targets for him. So it was 100%. it was Taylor Swift that Always night. Always self-serving. It was Taylor mm-hmm. Swift that night. 
And after that, it became the fashion industry. And what was the fashion industry? We never stopped to think about whether or not Kanye West actually had a point. We were just thinking, we don't give a fuck about this. Like, we really, like, we, we don't care. But let me tell you something. The noise that he made over that kind of ended up resulting in a sea change, man. Like, like Kanye West's fashion revolution brought us Virgil Abloh. Kanye West's yeah. fashion revolution, it might have actually worked when you looked at it, right? But we... Don C. Yeah, but that was like when we were like, oh, we kind of don't fucking care. Like we kind of like this. We we thought that you, we thought that you fought for the things that we wanted you to fight for. And what we learned about Ye was that he fought for the things that he wanted to fight for. This is the last thing I'll say. What ended up happening was at the end, the weapon, the gun, got turned on us, which is what we never thought was going to happen. So when you're on TMZ, you're no longer excoriating white supremacy, you're no longer excoriating the American power system. You're now excoriating our ancestors and suggesting in some type of way, form or fashion that they were weak because they could not stop chattel slavery, which in the end they did, but you have to go do your history to understand how slaves revolted, how they slowed down the work, um, how they were involved in setting themselves free. I'm not going to do it for you. You got to go find it out. But the reality is we never, I never thought I would be at that point. Even if he picked some targets that he didn't, that I didn't agree with, I never thought I would be the target. And it became <laughs> increasing uh, with increasing frequency, should I say, that I became the target, like me, black person. You talking shit about you talk shit about Harry Tubman. Like it, we became the target. I'm like, what the fuck? And that is what led me to stand up. I'm like, dog, you remember? Hey, man, it's me. Look, it's us, dog. It's 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 the it's you. You remember when we used to hang out? It's like that was that's really what that whole thing was. Yeah, and. <sighs> I'm so happy you mentioned this because, and we talked off off mic about Jay Z and Crystal, and that was like the beginning of me cutting a certain skeptical eye of black elites using weaponizing black strife and historical struggle for their own ends. Meaning, like because Kanye doesn't get to be creative director at Christian Dior, all black people are oppressed by this. Not to mention the fact that, like, all the poor people in places like Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, basically the poor and working class white people that make up the vast majority of black Americans who could never get those fucking jobs, so right. it doesn't even fucking matter, okay, Let's forget about that. Like, the idea that Kanye would weaponize the real, actual struggles and problems that face black people who are mostly poor and working class people to bitch about the jobs and opportunities he don't get in high fashion. You know, again, like, this is the era where, I've, where I started to get hip and wise to it and be like, 
God, these dudes are so fucking cynical and self-centered and absolutely ridiculous to the point where Kanye's like, yeah, you know, I'm making, you know, hundreds of millions in royalties every single year off of Yeezys. If you black and you're not getting it, it's your fault. And if you a slave, it's because you want to be, motherfucker. Because look at me, I'm Kanye. Yeah. And that's where things have it started to go left. And... Things have not much improved since. And I want to touch on a couple of other things, Van, with you. Because, sure. again, I want to get your opinion. I'm I'm of the belief now, and people can argue with me, I think that Kanye was always really cynical, calculating, and basically fronting. Um, when he did the most deaf Talib Kweli, I'm fucking backpack conscious. It was cynical. It was a way to establish credibility with like the the sort of gatekeeper, real hip hop, blah, blah, blah people who he needed because he was seen as a producer rapper. He quickly left that shit and uh. went straight to pop rap. Um, everything that's followed has been a manipulation of public will and support. And I think even after this, maybe he's down, he's got the terrible Q rating, black people, all of that shit. What he do? Dropping the gospel out. Sunday service, yeah. Because don't nothing Negroes love more than Jesus. I don't care what... I, there is literally I nothing Jesus. that has a higher Q rating in the black community Jesus. than Jesus. <laughs> and Van is somebody who grew up in the um, American South. Like, yeah, sure. you know, I go to visit my brother in Georgia, and it, it, I'm, this, I'm not kidding you. It's chicken shacks and churches. That's literally the whole fucking town. That's yeah. what you see over there. Yeah, true. You know, and so when I watch Kanye do that, then when I see him name an album after his mom, because how can you just an album that's named after the guy's dead mom and dedicated to his dead mom? I see everything that Kanye does as a cynical manipulation these, these days. Maybe I've taken it too far, Van, but it's hard for me with the shit that he's done Basically, since this TMZ joint, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to look at him any other way. That's because you're scared. What am I scared of? <laughs> you're Tell scared me. of the one concrete fact that no human being seems to be able to come to terms with. People change. Mm. 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 Maybe. People change. and Maybe. And if you look around, it's not just yay. Of course not. If you if you if you look around, it's not just yay. So, are are you going to use the b words? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, because I'm saying I'm because saying, she was somebody who was the opposite of Kanye and has sort of gone no, in the other yeah, direction. Yeah, so I'm just saying, people change. It's not just yay. It's like it. How many rappers did we listen to listen to have political takes that we never thought that they would have, or? ended up on sides of the aisle that we never thought that they would have or say things in regards sure. to poor black people that we never thought that they would say. The truest line that has ever been written in a movie is you either, look, either die the hero or live you live long enough to, to, to watch yourself become the villain for the Dark Knight, right? So what I'm saying is that Kanye West is the same person that he's always been. It's just that the causes are different. And the causes reflect his proximity to power and whiteness. There it is. He always loved fashion. He stated that from the beginning. He thought yeah. that he thought that they would roll out the red carpet. They they didn't. He had a problem with it. The, even the, the Kanye's political machinations, right? His political machinations. 
those have a lot to do with Barack Obama. Because Barack Obama, mm-hmm. a president from Chicago, was not accepting enough to Kanye Dissed West. Dissed him, called him a jackass. If mm-hmm. you don't like me, if Kanye West, his, his, his ethos has always been, if you don't like me, if you don't like me, you're wrong and I'll be with the other side. Like even with, with the stuff that he does, he says, look, I do all of this crazy shit and it's your fucking problem if you do not get it. And so he is a populist. Whoever likes him is who he likes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, and, and he'll give them what they like. So when President Trump was very, very welcoming with him, he did that, right? And when he was getting criticized for that, he doubled and tripled. He doubled and tripled down, and that brought him rocking the MAGA hat. The whole nine. He became he became a mascot for that. You know, you know, there was a there was a point where I thought it was a spoof. Right. I thought he was like, um, remember when Joaquin Phoenix dropped that mockumentary? I'm not there or whatever right. it was. I thought Kanye was doing here. a Joaquin Phoenix-like yeah. mockumentary. But, I was like, this can't be real. But That's how flabbergasted I was. And then you have to look at some other things that that uh, were going on in his life at the time. He had lost his mother who served as a North Star for him. I'm not, I don't want to speak too much on the man's mother because it's a very personal relationship. He wasn't around a lot of the people that he had been around before. If you watch the Yeezus documentary, um, the genius, excuse me, the genius documentary, you can see that at the at the beginning of that documentary, he was around, he was in one ecosystem and towards the end, you know, He's on an island with a bunch of billionaires talking to them. It's different. He changed. And by the way, the reason why people don't want to really come to terms with that is because you're going to change. You will change. It will happen to I you. I have changed. You, like, I have it, changed. It'll happen. You, like, you'll get to a point to where you care about tax base in your neighborhood <laughs> more than you care about. Like, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. You'll slow down and you'll say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to change the world this lifetime. Let me just make sure I have a quiet place to lay in a hammock. It happens. Happens to, to, to the vast majority of it. Kanye, we just watched it happen to Kanye West one scandal at a time. He wasn't always who he was. Everything that he said before, he meant it. He meant it. And everything that, everything that he's saying now, he means that shit too. It's it's hard for me to see anything that Kanye's ever done as anything but self-serving. Like that's the part where I can't get with you. Like I could tell I could see that he's evolved in the things that he's cared about, but like I feel like Kanye has never done a selfless thing in the public in his whole fucking life. I really just don't it's hard for me to believe that he has. Like everything sort of tracks with this idea of him as this a really self-serving dude and whatever serves his own Kanye West Inc. ends is what he's going to champion. Uh, everything else is ancillary. If it happens to align with things that you and I care about, Van, then that's cool. But at the root of it, it's about Kanye and making himself bigger, making well, it, he bringing himself closer to his dreams. I don't think he ever intimated that it was anything different than that. Yeah, I, but I think we projected that upon him. Though. We thought it was like, because 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 what we, we did. Well, yeah, I mean, because at least in my community where I'm from, we always expect you to put the community first. Now, no one, <laughs> but not, now no one ever really does, right? Like, but we, but we always expect you to put the community first. The people that put the community first, we never, at least where I'm from, we look. 
the people that put the community first never get any fanfare for it. They work their entire lives in schools, in community centers, and talking to kids, and they barely scrape by, and it takes somebody to come by and help them. Guys like Jason Wilson in Detroit, those are the guys that put the community first, right? Like, like guys like that, those are the guys that put the community first. And I'm glad now that we have an infrastructure to where, you know, guys like that can get what they need. But, um, but like I'm, but I'm being, I'm being like for real in the situation is that, yay, always told you straight up what it was. He always indicted it. He always indicted the fact that we had to look. He said we all self conscious. I'm the first to admit it. One hundred percent. He would say he, he would talk. He made a whole song about a girl that was <laughs> that was uh, that was. Uh, Everything that that's glitter isn't gold. Chasing things, Chasing that, things that, right. that, that then, are kind of empty. And, and the, Kanye being like, this is me, though. In the third that's verse, me. he said, just to let you know, this is me, too. I'm the same mm-hmm. way. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it's never... He, I, I think he was pretty honest about that. Um, but the reality of it is, we still never thought that his power yeah. would be used against our consciousness, you know? And, and yes, and... And I want to close on this because I think it's important, right? I think the Kanye thing is so instructive, especially as it pertains to black people's relationship with him. You know, subsequently after the Harvey thing, the Trump thing and all of that, like you could hear Kanye in interviews being surprised. Like he didn't understand, he, he did not understand the attachment and investment that black people had in him. Like, people really felt an emotional attachment. Like, Kanye is one of mine, bro. Like, yeah. he, he, did, he didn't understand that shit. And what I do like about all of this, Van, is I think people still want to see Kanye do well and support him. Uh, I, I don't do, think... I, he- I do so badly, bro. I, I, I can't believe... I, I, Waz, you are so right. <laughs> bro, like, man, let me tell you something. After that happened, right, me and him talked. And we talked a couple of times and we actually had pretty good. And so it ended up being a situation where we were all on the same email thread. It was me, Kanye, Jack Dorsey, all of these people talking about all of these <laughs> wow. grand things that we were going to do. Right. Jack Dorsey had this idea in a way that you affect reparations. And it was Charlemagne was on there. We were doing all of this stuff. <laughs> I couldn't have been happier. Like I couldn't have been happier. Like he, like I still, I saved the emails just to read them. Like with him really talking to me and telling me why he thought it shouldn't have gone the way it went at TMZ. Uh, the fact that like it's just everything that he was telling me, I'm listening to it. Right. And he's like, okay, let's, let's hit the, let's actually change some stuff. Let's actually hit the ground running and do all of this stuff and blah, 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 blah. I was so happy. He actually said, I swear he goes, you were like the, he says, you ended up being like the person to flash the light and get me back from the sunken place. Wow. And so I'm I'm actually I'm actually <laughs> thinking, yo, man, yay is back, blah, 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 blah. We're gonna do all of this stuff. One day I hit the email, non-working email. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is perfect. One day I hit the email, non-working email. <laughs> And, and and look, and here's the thing. At the risk of being hypocritical here on the Ringer Dish feed, is that I think the Kanye thing is important. 
Because like I said, I think black people still want to see Kanye do well, but he doesn't have a hold over them the way he used to. And I think it's instructive yeah. in that life. Like, Internet's too big now. We Nobody need does. to stop deifying these people, bro. Like, we need to stop doing this because they are just people. They fuck up. They make mistakes just like us. They're not gods. They're not superhuman. They're just people and we got to stop turning them into anything else and Kanye man the fact that this man could wound the black community the way that he did after having the hold that he did on us should be the number one example like yo stop making these people special I see people getting mad at Jay-Z for saying like Oh, they trying to come up with bad words for us like capitalists you know what I'm saying like people killing Jay-Z I'm like yo what the fuck do you want from a guy who grew up in a project apartment with eight people, two-bedroom apartment, and made himself into a billionaire? You want this guy to think something else? How the fuck is he supposed to believe anything else? How could his ideology be anything else when he did what he did? Your life experience is going to inform your ideology I feel you, and your train of thought. I feel you, but if you can, if, if you can learn about how he just got to shut the fuck up. Well, but not, no, I feel you, but if you can learn, if you can learn about high art, then you can mm. learn about political What's really and social going systems on. in America. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, about, yeah. I'm, not about, I'm not about to get a hold over any of that stuff. I did yeah, already, did, I I already did that on higher learning. But what 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 I will say is this. Waz, you can say we all the same, bro. We got to stop deifying these people. But at the same time, Waz, you ain't even make all of the lights, bro. Oh, you here didn't, we go. You didn't make all of the lights, <laughs> bro. I'm go. sorry, Waz. You can say we all the same, bro. That's oh some godly God. ass shit. I, I, like, like, I have... How about this? How about this? How about this? I have definitely lost faith in Ye, but I don't think I'll okay. ever lose hope. Mm. Yeah, I've lost all of it. I've... <laughs> I've lost all of it. And it's, it, look, and bro, it's not that he doesn't have it in him. It's just that he doesn't care about this shit the way he used nah, to. Nah, he don't. Like the but, amount of time that know. he spent on late registration, he will never spend that much time on a piece of music. He's too busy, you know, designing weird cars and coming up with ugly gap hoodies and shit. Like his 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 brain power is being used towards different ends these days. So <laughs> musically, when this dude drops something, it's like, yo, bro, he spent three weeks on this. Can I ask you a question? I'm not listening to this you guys, shit. You, 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 you own any Yeezy stuff? I, I, to this day, I've never owned a pair of Yeezys. Okay, cool. There was, not to say I didn't like Yeezys. There was Yeezys that I liked, I was not able to get. And then after he did the shit in 2018, I was mad. like, I can't put them shits on my feet. That's why you mad. I can't do it. That's why you mad. I've, I've you talked too much Yeezys. shit about Kanye publicly to show up at a spot with Yeezys on my feet. They, they, like, like, I've never owned them. They'll, they'll run me out of the town. <laughs> 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 I already get people saying that I'm a coon. And I work with a white man because I said something to him. They'll run me out of town. I could never. But 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 listen, Van. Do I still love Late Reg? Do I still love Graduation? Do I still love Pablo? You got hell ears. Yeah. You got ears. Yeah. Hell yeah. You can't help. Hell it. yeah. But when he dropped that Scooby Doo, boop boop Scooby Doo. Nah, Scoop. nah. That don't get spins. You know, like that, that don't Scoop, get spins Scooby-Doo. in here. No, nah, we don't. Um, you got anything else on Kanye, Van? Because I think we ran the gamut with this fool. I don't. I think. I think. I do not have anything else from Kanye. I think that we're because we have so much access to our artists and the people that we love. And you know, it used to be that our artists made their music, and then after they made their music, they drifted into the nether space, and we would go out and watch them tour. But now we get to talk to them every day. 
So I'm telling you guys right now, some of these people are going to disappoint you and, yeah. and just don't take it personal. That's all I'm saying. Beautifully said. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's Van Lathan. Of course, you can catch him, Higher Learning Podcast, as well as across the Ringer Podcast sphere, Midnight Boys on the Ringerverse, all of that. By the way, shouts to my man, Charles Holmes, man. Chuck Holmes, star of the little baby doc. I don't know if you saw that. He had a fucking star turn on that doc. Amazon, go check that out. My man, Charles Holmes, comes through on that joint. Um, of course, you can find me, Ringer NBA feed, all over the place. This was a pop culture history lesson. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.